This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. As a female musician, you're told not to write about motherhood. Uh, really? Think, Absolutely. Why? Well, what's the story behind that? Oh, because it's like extremely uncool. Oh, it doesn't go in the vibe. Yeah. A man can get away with kind of saying that he's a dad, but a woman cannot. If you think about it, what songs about motherhood do you know? Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Crown, joined here by the lovely Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> we have such a good one for you today, but you may not recognize her name, but I guarantee you're going to recognize this. I did the cooking and the cleaning and the groceries and the laundry, fed the cat and the dog, and someone stole my coffee, bought a gift for your mother that you probably won't like, paid a bill, wiped a butt, broke up a couple fights. Then I just about lost my mind because we both took the kids to the park and someone said to you, you are such a good dad. You are such a good dad. I love that song. I love that song. It speaks to me. It, it, like her little gremlin voice. Like <laughs> it's when first really, really made me notice Faraday. And she is such an amazing person. And we really dig into how she started singing about motherhood, especially funny songs about motherhood. She's a musician and comedian best known for her comedic songs about motherhood and the mental load. She's recently become quite the internet sensation with her viral song, You're Such a Good Dad, and has been featured on the Today Show. Faraday uses her music to help moms feel seen, and she resides in Canada with her family. So we hope you enjoy our interview with Faraday. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. 
Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome, Faraday, to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Let's chat. Yes, let's chat. I am really curious about your story because you have these great videos, the make a list video. Oh my gosh, so great. And the voice you do that like, it just got me. It got me all the places as well as just your singing ability and your music style and the ability. I've always seen it as a magic act when people can make up a song and play it and then sing along to it like magic always. (laughs) So it's magic. So it really fascinates me. So Let's start out. You live in Canada. I live in Saskatchewan, Canada, which if people know where Vancouver and Toronto is, it's like in the middle. So it's like truly in the middle of nowhere. Is that like city? Is it? I've never really don't know much about Saskatchewan. Montana and North Dakota. And we have like similar, if you know what Montana and South and North Dakota are like, that's kind of like what it's like. Okay. And have you lived there your whole life? Yeah, pretty much. I traveled. I never thought I'd live here, but my mom lives here. And when you have children... For me, I have a really supportive parent. So I was like, we're never leaving my mother because we need childcare. That's a smart thing to do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I really, I'm, I don't think me leaving my parents was the best idea on my Fair part, <laughs> even though they're like an hour and a half away. So how did you get started in music? Well, so my dad was a musician. So I grew up like coming out the womb being like, I'm a singer. I'm a superstar. So I like pursued music my whole life. Uh, my dad took me on the road as a kid, like just like a very much like a local kind of group. And so I started making albums and writing songs from a pretty young age. And uh, I had achieved a pretty like good, like not like I'm not Drake of Canada, <laughs> but um, we, I had a group that was a part of an all-girl group called Rosie and the Riveters, and it was like about nine years we were in that. I was did that band. I done like solo stuff, and then I started that band, and then we did pretty well. Like we traveled the world. You know, we made it on the U.S. folk charts. It's hard to be an independent musician. Like we were self-managed, self-taught. So that level of success is pretty good. But I was a mom, and I, I became a mom while I was in the band. And actually, it was, it's interesting. Like I always thought. I kept thinking, I'm going to give up music when I'm 23. I'm going to give up music when I'm 27. I'm going to give up music when I have a kid. It's like the older I got and after becoming a mom is like when more of my career took off. And so I couldn't leave. I just felt like I wasn't ready to leave my music career just because I was a mom. Because sometimes that's kind of... Um, I'm, I'm not sure what it's like in other careers, but like your life is, I, I definitely feel it. Like there's ideas like that your life is over once you become a mom. Yeah. It's and like that in like, other careers too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, but I was like, I am unwilling. So then I like took an infant on the road with me, which you can imagine is a horrible idea. <laughs> it would be hard. <laughs> yeah. Just like, what's horrible? Like those first years are hard. And then let's put yourself like on the road with no support. And so I did that. And then, you know, as she got a little older, I didn't take her on the road because she was a little too old. And then I kind of realized like, hey, I'm approaching 40. I'm on the road 100 days a year. I'm like, this is like a fourth of my kid's life. Yeah. Like, I just mm-hmm. can't do this. Like, I just couldn't see a life for myself as a musician. As I was just, It was too hard. It was too hard mm-hmm. and it was too hard. I was like, I'd pay any price, but not this not this high. Yeah. It's like the cost is too high. But it's like having two dreams in one. Like you have, I have a dream of a career and I have a dream of being a mom, but like the other one is like, I'm a mom and this is the bigger dream of the two. So I walked away thinking like that my music career is over. I do not know what I'm going to do. This is just at the height of my abilities. I'm like, 
having to be like Sia. Do you know what I mean? Like Sia, like she didn't make it until she covered her face because she was 32. Do you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> That is that is a true fact. That's interesting. That is, uh, yeah, that's funny. Take that patriarchy. You know I what know. I mean? Uh, yeah. And there was just no future for me. And right at the time I decided to leave this group that I had dedicated almost 10 years of my life to, pandemic happened. So I was like, staying at home parent. Mm-hmm. What uh, you know, like actually truly my greatest fear. I was always afraid of becoming a stay-at-home parent because I knew psychologically it's so difficult. It is. Oh, definitely. During the pandemic, were your bandmates then who you just left, but were they thrust into the staying at home role as well? Or did they didn't have children? So they were just, they were still thrust into like their own fear and their own stuff. But like, when you break up with a band, you've just destroyed their dreams too. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, okay, I think they understood. But you know, it was a really challenging time. And then of course, they were dealing with their own stuff. But yeah, so then the only thing I wanted to do was great content. I was like, this seems like fun. And then, you know what? It's surprising how long it took me to decide to write funny songs for the internet. Like it took me two years. And then like, once I did it, I was like, oh, that's so obvious. What were you creating before you decided to write funny songs? I was trying to tell, like, I knew that I had a talent to entertain. Like, I mean, that's like my life is like performing. It's for making people laugh, maybe making people cry. I was like, maybe I will do that online. Maybe that's how I could do this. Like maybe, because I still have that skill. And so Mm -hmm. let's try that. And it was like going okay, but not great. Like I told stories. I made funny content. Like the funny content did better. And then after like two years of creating content, I was like, okay, well, it's not going great. Like maybe I'm just not that good. And funny content's doing well. Like maybe I need to learn about comedy. That's what I did with music. I learned about music. So like, let's go take some classes. So I like learned a lot more about comedy. And then I realized in the classes that like people who do well at comedy, they bring everything that they can do. If they're good actors, they do acting. If they're, you know, like they bring, they don't leave parts of themselves at the door. And because I had been like, so done with music, I like really left it at the Mm -hmm. door. And so like then, and, and as a female musician, you're told not to write about motherhood. Uh, really? Absolutely. Why? Well, what's the story behind that? Oh, because it's like extremely uncool. Oh, God. It doesn't go in the vibe. <laughs> yeah. A man can get away with kind of saying that he's a dad, but a woman cannot. If you think about it, what songs about motherhood do you know? Yeah, I, I don't, but I can automatically Wait. pick up Andy Grammer's song. Are, he wrote about fatherhood. You are such a good yeah, dad. Totally. I have that one on motherhood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, in my class, they were like, we want you to write about motherhood. And I was like, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not <laughs> doing the cardinal role of song, like of writing. You don't do that. And so once I did do it, I was like, oh my goodness, I have so much to say. Here's eight years, seven years of my life that I have completely not reviewed, not mined for the gems. That's what musicians do. They mine their experiences to reflect to other people. Yeah. And so once I started doing it, I was like, oh, it's very obvious. I should have been like writing about motherhood. I should have been like combining comedy with music. And, and then once I, like, I wrote, you are such a good dad. I did not think it was very good. I shared it online. It went off and I was like, okay, so we need to like, just write more songs. We just need to keep writing more songs. So the thing about my songs is that they're they're not all about my own life. I don't, I feel like the, it's not just about me. It's about everybody's experience. So I like ask my Instagram followers, like what I should write about and what's annoying them. And I often like, Mm -hmm. will be like stuck on a song and I'll ask my followers, you know, what's the most annoying part about laundry to you? And then I'll like, it'll, it'll change how I write the song because as a musician who was like more not in the comedy frame, I wrote about my personal experiences, but like now I'm here to serve. I think mothers are just like, we're not represented in music. We're not represented in movies. We're not in books. So all I want to do is represent 
represent the lives of people who are like invisible. There's a reason why that labor is invisible. Mothers in general are invisible. And it's not, I don't like, some of it's mine, but some of it is also like yeah. about my friends or their lives. Yeah, you're getting the collective yeah. of motherhood and womanhood together there. Exactly. I'm interested in hearing the story behind You're Such a Good Dad, and we'll get into it right after this. Hey, all, it is Joanne and Brie here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explained. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You said your first really foray into this singing about motherhood and making it comedic was You're Such a Good Dad. How did that song come into being? You know, people in my comedy class are like, what's the hardest part about being a mom? And I was like, the hardest part about being a mom is watching everybody praise your husband for pushing a stroller. And it's not like he's like, he's, he's like, he's pushing a stroller. He's yeah. not like saving the life of a human being. He's not doing brain surgery. No, no. It's the bare minimum. And yet strangers are. Here's the expectations for a mom. Do you see a difference? Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. Like my husband always says that too about doing the bare minimum. And he actually comes to me like jokingly for praise. He's like, honey, I did the bare minimum. Thank me. (laughs) (laughs) I could see him with that face too. (laughs) Yes. And my husband understood it too. He'd be like, people just, he's like, I am a God now. He's just like, (laughs) a baby. And he like strapped it to, you know, his stomach and he went for a walk in our community. Like he was just like, people are just love me. (laughs) Talking to me. I mean, in some ways it's a beautiful thing because a man without a child is also considered a predator, right? Like I'd be like, Mm, look at this beautiful baby. He's like, I can't look at a baby. Are you talking about? But now he has like a wedding ring and now he has a child. He can go to parks and he can go to, I, and so I can understand like that's beautiful and stuff like that. But yeah, so that's where that idea, I wanted to like paint the picture of all the things a mother does in the day. 
and then the very bare minimum a man does and then his praise for it. And I just have to say, I love the part too about like, and then your mother came over and she was like, you're <laughs> such a good dad. How many of us have wanted to strangle our mother-in-law when our spouse did the bare minimum? And they were like, oh God, you're so fantastic. And you're like, really? <laughs> now I know where the standards came from. Now I know. Oh my gosh. No, I get this from my own mom, actually. My own mom comes and prays my husband. And she's like, oh my gosh, you have such a supportive husband. And I know it's a personal thing. I totally know. But I'm like, this is what's supposed to happen. It ties back to those things where um, when you say like your husband is supportive or your husband does chores around the house or your husband actually like does stuff with the kids, like he's not just a babysitter, you get the reaction. Oh, like you're so lucky. And it's supposed to be a luck thing rather than this is expected of men. Like we need yeah, to expect yeah, this right. society. Exactly. Yeah. So it becomes hard. So you had, you're such a good dad and it blew up. And what did you see from that? Well, I just, I like, I slowly saw my, I, like, accounts grow. And not that it, like, really took off in that moment. Like, it did. It slowly grew over time. What I realized was, like, I had been looking for the clarity of what am I doing? What's my next path? What was I doing? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, so obvious. I was like, oh, I see. This is what I do now. And also as a comedian, you can age in a way that like musicians aren't allowed to. Unless they're men. Unless you're a man, then you're allowed to do anything you want and get as old as you want. And you can say whatever you want. And it's all good. Nobody's upset like, like Chris Stapleton with his like huge beard made it when he was like in his 40s. Like nobody, it's fine. Nobody was like, oh dear, way past <laughs> yeah. prime. You know, so go. I, I was just like, this is an audience I can serve. This is a story I can tell. And also like, I know how to write songs. Like that's what I've been doing my whole life. I can do that again. And it, it requires like a certain kind of humility to be like, I'm going to serve others with my songs. Like it's not about serving myself yeah. and my story. So once I had that clarity, I just knew the path to take. Like no, no business is, a, is no no career is made like in one video. Mm -hmm. While it certainly made a difference, mostly it provided clarity for me about like this is my path now. And then so I, you know, and one song doesn't make a body of work. You then I had to spend like the next year writing as many songs as I could to make an album to make like a continued narrative about motherhood and what yeah. it's like. Yeah. And so you had your album come out, right? Yeah. It's come out or it's coming out. It's come out. In October. Yeah. Came out in October. And tell us about it. It's so it's called the mother load and it just explores all these things that we have uh, about motherhood, whether it's like parenting, body image, like marital stuff, like the division of labor, kind of just like, I just wanted to like, once I put it all together, I was like, oh, this is like a narrative, like a cohesive story about what it's like parenting right now a snapshot and like it's done quite well I, I wasn't sure I'd put together an album like that's very much like a musician thing to do not necessarily like an internet creator to thing to do but once I did it I was like oh this was a wise choice just because yeah people can listen to a whole album and then and and it explores different genres I tried more disco music and pop music and rap and folk and just like I experimented a lot more than I as a musician, you're one of the other things that you need to keep to is a cohesive genre. Generally, generally you just don't see somebody moving around right. a lot because mm -hmm. packaging wise, you need to stay. In a, but of course the, the, the packaging wise, it was motherhood. So I didn't have to stay in a lane. So that was really fun just to be like, all right, let's see what, we'll see what disco tech's going to be like, you know, 
<laughs> That's fun. That is really fun. Was that one of your favorites or no? Oh, I th- they, honestly, they were all really? my favorite. I just they're they're all your children. Come on, we all have a favorite kid. We just don't admit it out loud. No. <laughs> oh, is that just me? Or just me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking to my children that probably will listen to this at some point in their lives. Not now because they're teens and they're too cool. But that's no, true. It's true. Make a list. Now you say you you take stuff collectively. Was this yes. based on collective stuff or was this personal experience? Oh no, this was a collective one. Like my, I, I'm blessed to have a partner who, like, going into motherhood and even going into the marriage, I I saw the patterns out in the world, and I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. if we get married, you are not abandoning me. I see people whose husbands are golfing on the weekends, who are playing video games at night, who are like dropping out i was a weekend mm-hmm. widow mine would spend eight yeah. hours watching football at a bar oh my gosh yeah. Yeah. Ex so conversations not saying that like when we had a child of course he had no idea how little mm-hmm. he was doing and and that's that's the challenge is that like you know sometimes people comment on my videos like you should leave him divorce him and i'm like well firstly that's not I would not be ever write these songs in the in the heat of that, like in the heat of having a new child. Like you have, you can't write that kind of song until you're out yeah. of it, until your marriage has evolved and changed. And sadly, yeah. you're like having a baby, your world is on fire, your marriage is kind of falling apart. I don't, I don't know many people who's like that first What's year the that they're not like, yes, yeah. are we gonna make? <laughs> And then you have to go on a journey together to build understanding and not just like his understanding, mine too. Like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you'd be like, what did you do? I was like, nothing. But it's like, I actually cleaned the house three times and it still looks like a bomb went off and I kept <laughs> a child alive and I couldn't sleep and blah, blah, blah. And that work was also invisible to me. So like having the ability to have language to talk about what's going on, how to build yeah. understanding, that takes time. So I think it was just like, so with Make a List, like my husband is not the kind of person who who he would understand that labor like that, that that wouldn't make sense. But that is also just like, I wanted to talk about how that is really common. And it's also like very classic marital advice that people receive with. the (laughs) And I I was, I wanted to paint a picture as to like, number one, how I was trying to figure out how do you talk about how, like how out of date that idea is. Yeah. Then just like the little gremlin inside of me was like, I also want to like a lot of times I feel like Presenting feminine rage. Exactly. That is what it was. I was like, that rage, I think that so many of us, we feel it when it's happening. We, Joy and I have been talking a lot about being stressed out and frustrated lately. Like mad and yeah, angry. You can feel mm-hmm. all the feelings and it's like, stop asking me how to help. You're making it worse. Well, it's like this outdated notion too of the honey-do yeah. list. And I, I know a lot of older men. I used to run with one who's like, yeah, it's my honey-do list for the weekend. And I'm like, tell me about this. What is this list that you have? It's, it's crazy. It's outdated. It keeps the mental load squarely with us about thinking like what they have to do. But it's such a comedic way you deal with it. Yeah, it's a little Also, like my gift as a songwriter is to be able to put language to feelings that we have. Mm -hmm. That's and so it's the same. It's the same thing here now versus a happy love song. It's like as before, if I was like a new mom, I would feel angry, but I didn't know why. Why does that feel like that isn't actually helping me? Because your first thought is like that should help me, but you're like, no, that mental load stays on my thing. I'm still Mm -hmm. responsible. And it also creates a situation in which I'm your boss and I'm checking mm. up on you. That's not a great dynamic for our marriage no. because personally, my husband's a very like rebellious man who is like, I do my own I thing. Like, that's yep. not going to go well in our marriage for me to be like, did you do this? He'll be like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. 
No, I have the same. Like my husband is very like, he's a rebel as well. And I am a rebel. And when you put two rebels together, you really have to figure out how are you going to talk to each other when you need stuff done, but you don't want to tell them what to do. That's exactly it. Like he does not want to be told what to do. And I have no interest in telling him what to do, but obviously we still need to figure this out. So yeah, that's where Make a List came from. And it's such a fun thing to perform because like, it's just not a voice you would use as a singer songwriter and Uh then be like, what what, what can I do? Or I have a metal song where I scream about my rage. And like that that one also is just like an interesting thing to vocally do. I've never, I've been a songwriter, a musician for 20 years. I've never been like, okay, Googling like screamo vocals, like how to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun though. And what like a great way to like take those emotions and make it in a way that people can have fun and enjoy it. Like I said, I think it's a magic power. Like you have a magic superpower that you can set your feelings to music and it's enjoyable to hear. Because if I try to set my feelings to music, it would not work. (laughs) And one thing that like makes me very happy is that because because I'm not in this place in my marriage and because it has this funny place to it, like behind it is not resentment, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't carry a lot of resentment. I think people can feel the lightness to the work I do mm-hmm. and then they send it to their partner or they take it. To, I have a lot of therapists who are like, your song was in my therapy session today. I wanted you to know that because actually it's, it, it can lead to conversations that yep. can't, when you're like in that throes with your partner and you're trying to get them to understand and like, they're just not hearing you. But it is like helpful to have this like other person being like, hey, here's this piece of content that's like just poking fun, being like it can provide like another perspective and illuminate things without the conflict. Right. Because then it's like it's not just you. Like this is such a big problem that people write songs about it. Here you go. (laughs) Exactly. It is not just our marriage and it's not just your fault. It's like exactly. It's like this is a societal pattern that we're all part of. And how do we... How do, it is our job to disentangle this so that we are better role models for our children. Yeah. The truth is, it's like marriages don't survive misogyny, like that, mm-hmm. or they do, but like barely, right? And that's what we're trying to that's what we're trying to untangle and clean and do better with. 100%. Yes, exactly. I couldn't agree more. We'll be right back after a quick break. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. What are you excited about that's coming up for you, Faraday? Oh, well, I'm starting to do live performances with the show, like in person. And like, that is so fun because gathering a bunch of women together, a bunch of moms together to have a room where we all get to be together and have that like experience is so fun. And so that's really enjoyable. That's basically like what I'm working on right now is just, obviously I still need to make content and videos, but I really want to do more live shows because there's also like certain things you can't there's with content online there's Mm -hmm. certain things you can't do like you can't always do like a slower song or a slow Mm. burn song because Mm -hmm. like it's such a quick place where you need to hit them in 30 seconds you can't build to a joke and so there's new songs I can try that I like they haven't found their place online but they can in the live setting and also like in a live show I don't have to like one of the things about me is that I'm not a comedian I'm not a comedian first I'm like I'm still a musician first and so I think that like comedy it sets up pain and then it relieves it really quickly. Whereas a musician will set up pain and let you sit in that pain because it's healing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. healing to feel the feelings. And mm-hmm. so in my, in my content online, I do sometimes try and sprinkle in a part of myself that isn't just laughter, because I think if any audience can travel with me from laughter into tenderness, into grief and in back into laughter again, into rage, you know, like it's a mother, right? Because that is, that is motherhood, right? Like we have that kind of experience. And so that's the live show too, is that I want a mom to come to my show and just be like every part of her was seen, not just like the funny parts, not just the rage, but also the intense love, the grief that we all feel, the pain so that they just, they just walk away feeling like whole, like every part of them was seen. And that's, that's bringing me joy. And also a lot of stress dreams, honestly, I, I, I would imagine, I would imagine. I have these dreams where I like just show up with nothing prepared and I'm just like, oh God. Oh my gosh. I have stress dreams like that too. My stress dream is always like I've signed up for a class in college and then it's the finals, but I forgot to go to class the entire semester. (laughs) I had that all the time. How is that a thing that multiple people have? I did not know that. Okay, so I'm going to put in a request on your on your uh, locations, whatever, however you plan your live Which? events of Phoenix coming out to Phoenix. Okay. We are much warmer than your temp than your your we climate. Are. Like it's gonna be a good time to come for sure. Right now, right now is oh, a good yeah. time to come. I think it's come in like June. Stay well, away. Stay away. April, June September. April's wonderful, and then come back. Yes, anytime from like now yeah, through April is. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you our high today yeah, you is 60. So that's, that's pretty nice. Beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us, Faraday. Oh, it was a delight. And you bring such a smile to my face. And now I need to go and listen to your entire album. So thank you again. Thank you. You know, the thing that Faraday said about songs being a way to talk about challenging issues is really true, right? It's a way to bring up something that you know you're not alone anymore in it because somebody wrote a song about it. Yeah, like I I love that part of like you're thinking about that. You're in couples therapy or you're having a disagreement and your spouse feels like you're telling them that they are a terrible person and you're like, listen, 
there are things that I need, but you're not alone in the world. It's so much so that there are a million people listening to this song on Instagram right now. There's a whole album of the stress that we deal with. I feel like as women, sometimes we get gaslit. All the times we get gaslit. All the time. I'm trying to be gentle to their fragile feelings, but you know, I mean. I'm not gentle. Men, man up. You don't have fragile. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See, therapy's me to be gentle. See, there you go. But I mean, it's like we get told that we're being overly sensitive or that it's not as bad as we think it is. And it's like, no, it is. People write songs about it. It is. And the fact struggle. that like most of the time when I leave my my husband alone with the kids for any significant amount of time, he is stressed out yeah. like beyond belief when I return. And it's not anything to do with, oh, men just get so stressed out. No, that is the actual feeling that we as women have dealt with every single day. And we've just kind of learned to stuff it down, stuff it down, don't feel the feelings and just go on with it. We're, we're allowed to feel the feelings, but in private where nobody else has to see in us private. cry. <laughs> yeah. It's like crying emotional, yes, but so is anger. And men get angry all the time. I was in a field. I was at the entertainment field at the agency that I worked at Endeavor. And it would be a frequent thing to hear like a male agent screaming from his office at his assistant. And all these curse words being flung around and he was never called emotional, even though that's what he was. (laughs) He was emotional. And that's accepted. And yet it's not accepted for women to cry. Still, 20 years later. Right. It's just, it's, it's a struggle. I love that there is a humorous, fun, whimsical, musical soundtrack to our experiences as a typical mom or a typical spouse, as a typical woman. And a family Mm -hmm. these days, whatever your family looks like, because there are a lot of struggles that we don't talk about. And she brought up a really good point in her her interview. She's like, how many songs can you think of that talk about what it's like to be a mother? And I'm like, no, you're right. No, not really any. There's not. There's one Rachel Platten song that I think would be really good Mm -hmm. as a mother, but I don't know if that's what she wrote it for. It was I'll Stand By You. No, that's Pretenders. So are you thinking about the pretender song or is it a different song? I think I'm thinking of, I think, it, no, it is song I'll stand by you, but the lyrics I'm thinking of are the pretender song. Okay. It's the pretender song. Yeah. The I'll stand by yeah. you. Like that's probably not about, but it could be about. But you know, I didn't too, see I that know. as kids. Like I remember my, my, I don't know what I'm going to say eighth grade self, but I think I was probably in high school. Like when that song came out, I remember thinking to myself, that's a perfect boyfriend. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Will let nobody hurt you? Oh, yeah. That's not like. <laughs> but that's a woman. It was Chrissy Hines singing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying that's a perfect song. Like it's singing about a perfect partner to me. See, oh, to me. That's interesting. That was me. But yeah. I had a romantic mindset. We know this. Brie thought that the breakfast club was going to be a thing <laughs> in life. Yeah. I believe John Hughes. Damn it. Yeah. There isn't really anything though about being a mother and like it's not acceptable because like the Andy Grammer song I was thinking of, it was like one of his songs is, you know, you were born and there was glory or whatever. And it's such a sweet song, but there is nothing about a woman having a baby song. I can't think of a single one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just because again, there's there's so much to it. What I love about Faraday's music is again, that she brings the stuff that we don't talk about as much mm-hmm. that like we chat about with our girlfriends, you know, but we don't talk about an open society as much about the frustrations, especially about the double standard 
of like where dad's bar is down here at the bottom of my screen and mom's bar is above my head. And if I don't hit that, then I'm a crappy mom. But if you just slightly lift your toe (laughs) to move over this bar, you're a fantastic dad and done a million things. That's great. Well, I think that's the same for like women and men too, um, because the Barbie movie. Oh, yeah. The Barbie movie. And that made so many people upset because it hit on a truth that this is how our society really is. And no women watching that movie were surprised about the way Barbie was treated in the real world. That's pretty standard. But contrasting that with the way Barbie land was with everyone being so supportive of each other and not having to worry about being sexually hit on or anything like that, it was total sadness when Barbie went from that world to the real world. And so those kind of things, they weigh heavy. They need to be brought out and talked about more. Yeah, for sure. It's it's tough. So, yeah. well, that was fantastic. Well, so go, yeah, go out. You need to like go on, check out Faraday's album. It is The Motherload. It is fantastic. Check her out on Instagram. We have links to everything below. Give her some love. <laughs> Until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.